We are now here into that final part of every Friday broadcast. And that final part of every single broadcast is here today, Fantasy Football Friday, as it always is, inside of 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Myself and Mike Sofka joined together to give you fantasy football advice. I have spent so many hours, very, very many hours, and uh, into the wee hours of the nights in working on my rankings for my fantasy football uh, my fantasy football rankings for each position and the ones that are currently up on the site. There's more to be released. The ones that are currently up on the site right now are the quarterback rankings and the running back rankings. So that's where Mike Sofka and I will go today. We're going to go through our quarterback rankings and our running back rankings and tell you why we have, who we have, where we have, and some sleepers, some guys that you may not expect to be where they are, and who's at the bottom of the barrel. So we're going to start with quarterbacks, and this segment is proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub. It is the home of Wake Up Call Fantasy Football in Central and Upstate New York. The first league on Saturday, August 26th at noon for the live draft is full. The Sunday, August 27th live draft at noon is full. The Saturday, August 26th 5 p.m. draft, I believe, has one more spot in it. And the Sunday, August 27th draft at 5 p.m. may have one more spot as well. So out of all the spots we open up, the 40 placements we open up, we have, I believe, maybe two spots left. Which means that if you have not joined, you cannot wait any longer. Go to wakeupcalldt.com, sign up on the homepage right under what's happening, your name, your email, in the message fantasy football and send it over to me. It is free. It is easy to do. And if you don't do it, somebody's going to take your spot. Only a couple spots left. Over 40 spot. The 40 spots that we have set up, we have, I believe, two left from where we stand right now. So sign up. Make sure you do it right now. The Wildcat Sports Pub proudly bringing you fantasy football throughout the entire season and beyond, as well as all of the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Leagues, your NFL Sunday ticket, Great food and great atmosphere, family-friendly sports bar, and on top of all of that, the weekly segment every Friday where Mike and I get to talk fantasy football. And with that being said, Mr. Mike Sofka, how are we doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And Mike, first and foremost, you know, when we look at quarterbacks, is there undoubtedly, in your opinion, a number one? Is there somebody who leaps and bounds is number one, or was it difficult for you to rank number one? No, it was pretty easy. I mean, there was a one and a one A, if you would, but it's, it's not that close. It's uh, There's a guy uh, in Green Bay named Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's the number one quarterback for fantasy this year, no matter what your situation is, and I think Tom Brady is right behind him. You know, a lot of people might have Tom Brady up front, and you know, it might be true. If I if I was a coach of a of a real team, I would probably want Tom Brady. And not to say Tom Brady's a bad pick, but if I had the choice between Rodgers and Brady, I'm going Rodgers. Yeah, and you know, and, and my top four is a little bit different. And you can go. This is free for you to utilize, and I suggest that everybody goes on here and takes full advantage of it because put my hour put my many hours of of work to good use. 
and that is to uh, to go on to wakeupcalldt.com and go to the Fantasy Football tab, and right under that, quarterback rankings, running back rankings, currently up right now, and you can also go to Hall of Fame Fantasy Football with Mike Sofka and utilize us both. Uh, my number one is Aaron Rodgers, his 2000, and well, just to let people know here, the average among NFL quarterbacks in 2016-17 who had at least 200 passing attempts, the averages of quarterbacks with at least 200 passing attempts, 3,582 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns, 1.8 rushing touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, 4,428 passing yards last season, almost 1,000 above the average, 40 passing touchdowns, 18 above the average, and four rushing touchdowns, which is a little bit over two above the average of 1.8. He is my number one. My number two because of his prolific offense, is Matt Ryan. Because in reality, Tom Brady is the best. But in fantasy, Matt Ryan, consistently every single week, is the guy that I would trust in an offense that was not one of the greatest last season. It was one of the top three producing offenses ever in the history of the NFL. Matt Ryan, 4,944 passing yards last year, 38 passing touchdowns. He doesn't have offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. He is now the head coach over in San Francisco. So that is the question, but he still has his arm and he still has his weapons. My number three is Drew Brees, 5,208 passing yards, 37 passing touchdowns. One of the only quarterbacks that I know in the NFL recently that can throw for 500 yards and four touchdowns and the team would still lose the game. And right behind that is Mr. Tom Brady. So what does your top four look like, Mike? Well, I'm going Aaron Rodgers first, and as I said, Tom Tom Brady is second. But I got Matt Ryan in in third on my list, and you know Matt Ryan's a guy you can wait a couple rounds more to get actually in most drafts because I think a lot of people are going to be running back chasing, especially with the Ezekiel Elliott thing. You know, the Ezekiel Elliott suspension of that hold that's going to shake up a lot of the drafts. That could shake up everything. That could shake up where you draft a quarterback because now maybe running back's more of a priority for some other people. That could change the whole dynamic of, of everything. So, I'm, you know, if you have a draft that comes after they make the announcement or after that appeals filed, I'm not sure how long they have to make the decision, but I, I think it's around the 26th or the 29th. I, I can't remember. But if you have a draft that's after that, you, you know, you might have a better direction. But, um, if you have a draft before that, you're just going to have to deal with the risk or the chance on Ezekiel Elliott. And like I said, that can change your whole draft. But uh, right now I have Matt Ryan behind Tom Brady and then Drew Brees. So basically our top four is the same. It's just shuffled a little bit differently. However, I will tell you that right behind Drew, B- Drew Brees is Jameis Winston. And right behind Jameis Winston is Russell Wilson on my list. So there's like three or four guys you know, really bunched together. But the top two are the elite of the elite, and that's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And, and I got to go Aaron Rodgers above all, you know, above Tom Brady by at least a point or two a week. Yeah, you know, when, when I look at this, and it's funny because like Mike said, you know, we have our top four is the same four quarterbacks in a different order. 
with Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. We have a Detroit Lions fan that 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 sent a message to the live feed screaming out Matt Stafford, and we'll let you know where, where Matty Stafford is on this list in, in just a moment here. But my this is funny because you have Jameis Winston and Russell Wilson. I have Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. So and my Jameis Winston is he's not too he's number eleven for me because to me it's he has a new weapon in Deshaun Jackson. I want to see how that works out. He has two that you would like to think capable tight ends in Cameron Brait and OJ Howard, but it depends on how that works out. Doug Martin is obviously not going to be around for a little bit. Jacquez Rogers is a guy who I like and I would like to see him be the starter. But we know Jameis can do this. We know he can make it happen. But uh, my reasoning of where where he is, you know, I just said Winston's rushing touchdown output went from six a season ago to a mere one this past season. So being a dual-threat quarterback comes into question a little bit. I said either way, he has 50 passing touchdowns in his first two NFL seasons, but he has 33 interceptions. So if you're in a fantasy league that takes points away for interceptions and mistakes, you have to take a look at this. He fell to number 11 for me because he throws to the other side a lot of the time. He has Mike Evans, he has Deshaun Jackson, Cameron Bright, and rookie O.J. Howard at the tight end position, but he has to limit his passes to the opposite side. That's the thing that dropped him down, and the fact that he went from six rushing touchdowns to a mere one on a team that I think needs help there because Doug Martin gets injured and he gets suspended. Then you look at the you know the the fact with Jacquez Rodgers. I mean, this is a team that's used four to five running backs for like the last three seasons, and it's no doubt in my mind they're going to use Charles Sims, Jacquez Rodgers, and Doug Martin at least this season. So you know to see Jameis run the ball in a little bit more would have made him higher on my list. And interception wise, if you're in a league where that's a no no, then you know that could be an issue. But I definitely I understand the the power of Jameis. I just uh, I'm concerned about his interceptions, but Russell Wilson we have in the same place. Andrew Luck, this was a hard one, Mike. I I want to know where you had Mr. Luck from the Indianapolis Colts because you know I, I what I had here is he played in 15 to 16 games last season after competing in only seven of 16 games the season before. He had 15 touchdowns to 12 interceptions in seven games in 2015-16. Then he went from 15 touchdowns and 12 interceptions to 31 touchdowns and 13 interceptions in more games played. So the longer he played, he minimized his mistakes. You look at 12 interceptions in seven games compared to 13 interceptions in 15 games, only one more when he played eight more games last season. And there's now more depth at wide receiver. I think rookie running back Marlon Mack can end up being a young success for him. So that's what rose Andrew Luck and dropped Jameis Winston where do you have Andrew Luck in, in your rankings currently? Well, Andrew Luck is right behind Russell Wilson, so he's not too far from the conversation here on my list. Listen, this is what it comes down to. There's a few basic core principles in playing fantasy football, and if you can get these things right, you're going to win a lot more than you're going to lose. The number one thing, of course, is know your league, know your scoring system. Know if you're getting four points or six points on a passing TD, because that shows more value in the quarterbacks, up or down, less value, what have you, depending on the scoring system. But the second thing is know the room, because you can win or lose your league just as easy on draft day as you can throughout the rest of the season. Now, this is the beautiful thing about fantasy football. You and 
I have the same group of players. We just value them a little bit differently. Now, if I know that going into my draft, I'm not saying you have to quiz everybody that's going to be in the draft with you, but if you played with them before or you know their tendencies or what have you and how they value different things, you can really take advantage of that situation. You can also take advantage of another situation on draft day, and that's called average draft position. That shows what most people value. That shows perception of a certain player of most people. Because don't forget, perception is reality in the eye of the beholder. So I may think that Jameis Winston's the number five quarterback overall, but I'm also smart enough to know he's going behind several people that are behind him on my list. So in other words, I've got Jameis Winston at five. I've got Russell Wilson at six. I've got Andrew Luck at seven. I've got Cam Newton at eight. Guess what? Jameis Winston is going to average draft position of seventh round, fourth pick. That's behind Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton. That's closer to Marcus Mariota or Philip Rivers at 10. So what I do is I'll look at where I value a player. Then I'll look around the room and see how other people may value that same player. Now, you're dealing with fire here. You're playing with fire because this could blow up in your face if you miscalculate. But a lot of times, if you know the people around you in the draft's tendencies and you know how they value those quarterbacks or don't covet those quarterbacks, you can use that to your advantage. So even though I think Jameis Winston is the fifth-best quarterback, I may wait until Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, or Cam Newton go before I even make a move on a Jameis in a draft because most of the perception is that those other players are better than Jameis. Just like you had pointed out, you think he's 11. Well, I think he's 5. And that works to my advantage that I know you think he's 11, but I think he's a 5. Right, because you can obviously, if I know I'm going to let him drop to the fourth or fifth round, hypothetically, then you might say, you know what, I'll say I'm going to take him, snatch him up right before Dan's pick at the bottom of the of the fourth round or whatever it may be and move forward. Now, you said Cam Newton is right is right there at number eight. I have him at number seven. So relatively close with that. So this is my top 10. And and then I want Mike to give his here. Fantasy Football Friday, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. My number one, Aaron Rodgers. Two, Matt Ryan. Three, Drew Brees. Four, Tom Brady, which we went over. Number five, Andrew Luck. Number six, Russell Wilson. 
Number seven, Cam Newton. Number eight, Marcus Mariota. Number nine, Phillip Rivers. And number 10, Big Ben Roethlisberger. And we know that my Jameis Winston uh, ranking is number 11 right now. And might as well go to top 15. 12 is Derek Carr. 13 is Dak Prescott. 14 is Matt Stafford. And 15 is Kirk Cousins. What do you think about, you know, some of the ones that I, that I brought up here, Mike? You know, give your top 15. And then I want to I discuss the... Marcus Mariota versus Derek Carr versus Dak Prescott factor. Well, uh, again, to recap, my, my my top players, Aaron Rodgers is my top quarterback, followed by Tom Brady at number two, followed by Matt and Ryan, and followed by Drew Brees at number four, and then Jameis at five. Now, the second five are more evenly bunched together than the top five, if that makes any sense. The second five, Russ, at six, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, and Philip Rivers. But then I'd be at fault if I didn't say right behind him. See, there's a whole bunch of players bunched together. And if you evaluate the difference in points against the median, now check this out. This is a, this, just open up your mind with me for a second. It's, it's just math. If you take every quarterback all from all 32 teams and you line them up, okay, and you go from from number one with the most fantasy points projected to number 32 with the least fantasy points projected. You take the guy in the middle, and then you take that guy and you evaluate against him. You evaluate how much greater are these number one quarterbacks than that person. And that's how you differentiate tiers. That's how you establish this guy's a tier one, this guy's a tier two, this guy's a tier three. Because there may be two guys in Tier 2 or four guys in Tier 3 where they're all bunched closely together. So once you've evaluated the players or found a ranking system that you like and trust, go further and break it down into tiers. That's how you get away from targeting or overshooting or overspending on a quarterback. Because, for instance, I know that if, I'm, that if I really want to pick up a, a Jameis Winston, I can wait. But if somebody jumps in there and sneaks in ahead of me and picks up Jameis Winston, in the same tier, I have Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, and I have Cam Newton in the same tier. So in my mind's eye, all four of those guys are the same. They're on the same level. Now, once you you break it down and you start getting into a difference of several points a week, for instance, that makes Aaron Rodgers that much better. So if my middle guy is going to do 150 points, and Aaron Rodgers is going to do 300, that means Tom Brady's not too far behind Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's going to do, you know, 290. And then maybe Matt, Ryan, Matt Ryan's going to do 280, what have you. Because don't forget, I it's it's not only a sprint, it's a marathon. But if I don't win each week, I'm done. There's some leagues, if you get off to a slow start, you're done. So you got to figure out what you got to do each week to win. That's why a lot of people like the daily game, but I think it's more of a challenge in a traditional redraft format to take a bunch of guys, put them together, see how you compete against somebody else's bunch of guys. And by the way, before we wrap up with quarterbacks, before we're done here, I do want to give a couple dark horses or a couple so-called sleepers. Now, I got a sleeper that no one else has, and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, though. Yeah, so I mean, when when we look at and Mike is Mike is right on point when it comes to tiers because it does get difficult in as far as as ranking 
some of these guys and saying, well, who's better than this? And Because the thing is, when it comes down to it, our top four that are all the same but in a different order, that says something. Mike and I value these guys in their tier in a certain respect. <clears throat> we both know that Aaron Rodgers is the guy you don't want to play against on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, when the heck ever. So he's number one. But when you go through this, you know that Drew Brees has been consistent from year to year. You know Matty Ryan has a prolific offense. You know Tom Brady's going to score no matter what it is and if his back is up against water, what's going on. You know that Russell Wilson has a capability, but yet he's still a little bit outside of that top four. You know that Andrew Luck and can't you – I mean, the, the anticipation that Mike and I have from our ranking of Cam Newton at seven or eight is that he is going to be – somebody that you don't anticipate will have a season like he had last season. So you put him there. Marcus Mariota, a guy who, if the Titans had won a few more games early on in the season, we would have been talking about a playoff team if he was healthy and they had won a couple more games. Marcus Mariota was in a good place, and he's trending up. He's a mobile quarterback. You know, Phillip Rivers is one of those guys that he doesn't do anything in reality for your team. He's not someone leading the Chargers to a Super Bowl or even a playoff win for that matter, but he is a fantasy stud. And then, you know, and and like Mike said, with Jameis Winston, you can argue with Derek Carr, you can argue he's my number 12. If somebody were to take Jameis Winston from me or Ben Roethlisberger, I got Derek Carr right there. Now, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Matty Stafford's right behind Dak Prescott. Now, one of the uh, notes we got from... A Detroit fan, John, just wrote in, Stafford was in the MVP race before he injured his hand. His O-line is better this year. Along with a contract year, I expect big things. Now, John brings up a contract year, and we're going to get to that when we get to running backs in just a little bit, that when you're in a contract year, that's that does have some fantasy value to it if you're in your contract year fighting for it. There's also fantasy repercussions of someone who just signed a big year contract or a big multi-year contract that's coming off of already getting the money. And we're going to discuss that with Devontae Freeman coming up in just a little bit. But I want to go to the Stafford factor because there's a part of me that wants to put him, you know, at the bottom of the top 20. There's a part of me that puts him right here at 14 in the top 20. And there's some people that I think, you know, probably believe maybe he should be higher You know, Stafford is still putting up numbers without Megatron. And that is something that fantasy owners can be happy with. The issue is there has been absolutely positively zero running game in Detroit. And without a running game, everybody knows Matt Stafford's going to pass the ball, which puts him in a situation that is not ideal for a quarterback. Matt Stafford is a good quarterback. Matt Stafford is a strong option. But Matt Stafford, when you have the likes of Aaron Rodgers and your Derek Carrs, your Jameis Winstons, your Phillip Rivers, your Mariotas, your Cam Newtons, those are the ones that you have to take prior to, in my opinion, because of what they have. Now, Kirk Cousins rounds out my top 15 because they've added weapons. So it's not just about the quarterback and their numbers from last year. It's about what did they lose? What did they have? What has he done over time? Because Washington can argue that they have the best weapons that they have had in the backfield and as wide receivers in 
five, six, seven years. I mean, they had Deshaun Jackson for a certain amount of time, but he didn't pan out to be something that was great for them. They had Pierre Garçon. He didn't pan out to be something that was great for them. Jordan Reed is really the guy that's that's lasted and, and kind of stuck around through this, but their running backs have changed, their main wide receivers have changed, and they're built for speed, which may give some comfort to the players out there or to the people that are drafting. I feel like there is some speed that can give some comfort to Washington Redskins fans and to fantasy owners. So Kirk Cousins comes up, Matt drops for me. But before we get off of quarterbacks, you're going to give your dark horse. I'm going to give mine in just a second. But I wanted to discuss the Dak Prescott factor. 3,667 passing yards as a rookie, 23 touchdowns, minimal interceptions, six rushing touchdowns. But... Ezekiel Elliott has a direct effect on this, as Mike had brought up before. And there's also the notion that that people say there's no way in hell that Dak Prescott can do what he did last year. What do you think about the Dak Prescott factor when you know that someone's going to run into the fantasy draft, Mike, and they're going to want to draft him immediately because of his season, but we can only base it off of one year where Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Drew Brees were basing off of multiple seasons what do you say to people that want to run out and grab Dak Prescott immediately? Go ahead. Get him. And I hope you're in a league against me because let me tell you something. He's not going to repeat what he did last year. There's going to be some sort of a soft, sophomore slump. Teams are going to game plan for him. And without Ezekiel Elliott on the field, they don't have to creep that other guy down in the box. They know he's mobile. They also have pinpointed a few things that he doesn't do well. And that's what these defensive coordinators get paid to do. Stop the opposing quarterback. They're going to pressure him, and they're going to try to make it as difficult as possible. But they're also going to cover the receivers a little better because now they don't have to respect the fact that Zeke is in the backfield. And don't forget, if this Zeke Elliott suspension upholds, it's six games. Dallas has the bye in the seventh. You don't get Zeke Elliott until about week eight. Most fantasy leagues stop regular season play in week 13. So you get them for six weeks. So let somebody jump out there and get Dak if they want him. Let somebody jump out there and take Zeke if they want him. Now, if these guys fall to you in a certain place, by all means, take them. But you got to value what they're going to do to perform for you. You have to project what they're going to do points-wise on a weekly basis, and you have to take that into consideration. If you're willing to go without seven weeks of a Tier 1 running back, God bless you. That's a little bit pricey for me. I want guys who are going to be on the field each week. I'd rather make the tough decision as to who to play rather than go, well, I know I can't play this guy because he's not playing for two-thirds of the season. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing, and, and that was that was a conversation I had recently about somebody in a, you know that has uh, Ezekiel Elliott in a keeper league. I said you're going 13 or 14 weeks, and that's it as far as your regular season. So if you're going to lose him for half the season or more than half the season, is that worth it to you? And historically, guys that hold out, guys that don't play, guys that try to just jump in at week eight and be an NFL player going up against guys that have been banging bodies for the last seven, eight weeks, those guys historically are more apt to be injured because nothing can simulate the NFL game like the NFL game. So even if you get Zeke back, you got to hope to God that for five, six weeks, he doesn't get hurt. 
And you have to hope, like Mike said, that you're still relevant at that time. So I have Dak Prescott, you know, in a position where he is number 13. But, you know, this is this could this could move, and this is fluid because I want to see what's going to happen as we move forward with this Ezekiel Elliott suspension, minimal suspension, keeping it the way it is, and whatnot. Uh, Mike, you're, you're dark horse. I'm going to give mine, and I'm also going to – uh, to defend, I guess, in a certain respect. Who's your dark horse quarterback? Well, in a redraft league, you're looking for a guy who's going to make an impact this year. And I think the guy not very many people are counting on is Mitch Trubisky. I think in Chicago, he's got some excellent weapons around him. They've got an excellent running game. They've got some targets at receiver. I mean, don't forget, this is a team who has the likes of Cameron Meredith, who turned it on. I don't think he's a real number one, but then a Kevin White as well. This is a team who has Jordan Howard and Jeremy Langford to run the ball. So they've got enough weapons around him, and he seems to have been taken to the ball very well. He seems to know what's going on and anticipating, and I'm sure they're, they're, they're taking their time with him. But that would be the redraft dark horse. But let me tell you something. The guy who really splashed onto the scene – Watch out in Jacksonville for Brandon Allen, especially if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league. Brandon Allen, the quarterback, former quarterback from Arkansas, which I remind you is in the SEC, he's played well. He's done well in camp. And don't forget, Blake Bortles has done nothing. He's looked a lot of the same. Yes, he's fine-tuned the mechanics, and yes, they've, they've broken down his motion, and he's holding the ball up higher and so forth, but he's still Blake Bortles. This is, you're going to get what you're going to get. And two years ago, I called it. I said a lot of those points were garbage time points, and he's not the quarterback you think he is. And as the defense has improved, there's been less garbage time points, and that's been the demise of a Blake Bortles, along with the fact that they had offensive coordinator problems, and they couldn't run the ball. I watched the game last night with Jacksonville, and let me tell you something. They cannot block. And until you block, you're not going to be very good. So the real core of the problem in Jacksonville is the offensive line. But this is a guy, Brandon Allen, who's taking what they're giving him, and he's looking good doing it. He's throwing it to the likes of another sensation on a field in a D.D. Westbrook. But if you're in a keeper or dynasty league, Brandon Allen, he's going to be a starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars before you know it. Well, that coming from Mike Sofka. On my side of it, Blake Bortles, yes, there has always been the question of, Dan, what about Blake? And I get that question all the time. Last year, obviously, interceptions have been an issue. In the 2015-16 season, he had 35 passing touchdowns to 18 interceptions. Last season, he it was just it was not it was not good. So he's in a situation right now where he needs to. Number one, he needs to dedicate himself to where he's going to throw the ball to. He needs to let the ball fly. If there's nobody there, throw it out of bounds. Tuck and run. We know that he can run with the ball. Holding on to that ball like it's glued to his hand, that has been an issue. But Mike brought it up. It's the offensive line. So many things were blamed on Blake Bortles, but he did not have a running game last year. He did not have a check down game last year. He did not have an offensive line last year. He did not have a good offensive coordinator last year who got fired in the middle of the season. So it's all Blake Bortles' fault because that's the man on the field in people's opinions. But in reality, it is not Blake Bortles so much as it is how in the hell is he supposed to do this? Now, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, they would figure it out. But Blake Bortles is not on that tier. 
And whether he gets to that tier ever is up to Blake Bortles. But what I do know is that they have D.D. Westbrook, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Marquise Lee. They have so many weapons. They have Leonard Fournette. And I think no matter what happens to Jacksonville this year, a healthy Leonard Fournette is going to be a danger to anybody that's on the other side of him fantasy football-wise. So, with that being said, I'm not going to make my dark horse Blake Bortles. I just wanted to make a few comments about it. My dark horse for this season... And, and this, I mean, some of these guys have fallen so far. My dark horse for this season is Deshaun Watson in the Houston Texans. Now, the Houston Texans have Tom Savage and whatever. He's their guy or for now or whatever the heck it is. But Deshaun Watson, he is coming off of a national championship playing in Clemson. I know it's not the SEC, but the ACC, when it comes to Clemson and Florida State and teams like Louisville, some of the best players. And I have seen Deshaun Watson up close and personal. And when I watch Deshaun Watson and I see what he's made of and I see what he's capable of, this is a man who can come back. This is a man who can get punched in the teeth and find a way to resurrect his team in the 11th hour. I see leadership in players like that. I see Houston, who has had so many different quarterbacks, you probably couldn't name them all from the last three years. And in, and in that essence, the Brock Osweiler project to the Tom Savage project I mean, the guys that have just been this carousel of rolling through the Houston Texans to now we stand with Deshaun Watson, who hasn't had any experience, and he's a rookie quarterback, but he's in a league where the Colts are beatable. Jacksonville beats themselves more than anyone has ever beat them, and the Tennessee Titans have Marcus Mariota, and a healthy Marcus Mariota is going to test anybody, but Deshaun Watson is in a position right now where people may not be eyeing him and spying him as they would somebody else. He has weapons in Houston. He has a running game in Houston. He has guys that are trying to work to come up in that receiving core that's gone through a bunch of injuries in Houston, which is the only thing that makes me a little apprehensive. But I think that Deshaun Watson can be a guy that you could throw on your team as a quarterback three, and then all of a sudden you got a bye week, and you slide him into first a few weeks into the season, a few weeks down the road after the midpoint potentially, And I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be somebody that you're going to be unhappy that you picked up. And I can tell you that I can say it's a deep sleeper because I think a lot of people are going to pass on him. One final note uh, on quarterbacks, Mike, because we've got to get to running backs. Uh, One final note on – actually, two final. I'm going to ask you two questions that I will answer myself. Number – the first question, who are your quarterback battles that you think are going to carry through the season? What teams – do you have that you think are going to carry through the season in a quarterback battle is number one. Number two, who is the worst quarterback of the 32 options in the NFL? Well, well, you know, you got a fluid situation in Denver. You know, I, Paxton Lynch hasn't progressed the way the, the Broncos thought he would. They're kind of stuck with Simeon now. And I, when I say stuck with Simeon, that, you know, they, he's a, he, he's, he's a serviceable quarterback. He's just not able to take them to the next level. You got a fluid situation in Jacksonville. I think this situation just became more fluid last night at the game when Bortles was pulled earlier than the early game plan suggested. And Chad Henney actually didn't look too bad. You know, there was a drop touchdown pass and another drop pass that made him look bad, but he didn't look too bad. But Brandon Allen's the one who shined there, like I had pointed out. And and, and don't forget, you've got a QB battle, like I pointed out again, in, in Chicago. You're going to have a Mike Lennon who's going to be the safer start, but Mitch Trubisky's coming on pretty strong. 
So as far as the weakest quarterback out of that group, I think it's going to be a Mike Lennon. You know, I, I think he didn't get a fair shake in Tampa. I think he did well in Tampa. I remember him playing in his days at NC State, and it was just timing was bad because here came Jameis, and the Bucks were able to get that pick, and that was sort of a don't-miss quarterback. And, and then they had the best of both worlds, so they did the smart thing, and they got something back for Clennon. But the deal here is that all these quarterback situations, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the league because a third of the quarterbacks statistically go down for more than one game in a year. So when you're drafting in fantasy, you better have a solid backup, a good game plan, especially if you take a a, a top-tier guy like an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. People would say immediately is to handcuff their backup. Don't do that. Don't make that your priority. Look at your guys by week and see who who is playing teams like Indianapolis, who may be weak in the secondary and so forth. And, and, and you, you know, depending on your quarterback, for instance, in I think it's uh, week 11, I don't have it in front of me here, uh, Brian Hoyer was my selection for a backup quarterback to Drew Brees. No, maybe it was week five. Yeah, week five, because New Orleans is week five. To Drew Brees, simply because, well, Brian Hoyer plays Indianapolis. San Francisco plays Indianapolis in week five. And then you know what I'm going to do with Brian Hoyer after week five? I'm going to drop him, and I'm going to go take a dark horse running back. So the game evolves on more than one plane. You have to be in tune to what's going on. You have to stay away and constantly upgrade. But, you know, you got to stay away from situations that are real fluid like that. Get yourself an elite quarterback. Rank your players ahead of time. Go in with a game plan and know that a – and Andrew Luck equals a Cam Newton, equals a Marcus Mariota, and, and equals a Phillip Rivers. Go in with a game plan where you know what your alternatives are so it'll make it easier to think on your feet. Yeah, you know, and, and, and when when we look at, you know, the two questions that, that I asked to you, Mike, of what are the quarterback battles that are going to carry throughout the season, in your opinion, as well as who is the worst of the worst. Like you said, you said get a good backup. And I'm going to get to that in a minute because – my league has uh, – certain leagues have a certain way that they go about drafting, and other leagues have another way, and I'll get to that in a second. But the ones that I believe are going to go through the season with a back and forth of not really knowing who you're going to be drafting if they're going to be the starter for the entire season, Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch with the Denver Broncos like Mike brought up. I also have Deshaun Watson and company with Tom Savage, at least for a little while. Cody Kessler – Brock Osweiler and Deshaun Kaiser, which I think will become Cody and Deshaun, that will inevitably be a, a, a dual-headed at the least in Cleveland. Uh, Jared Goff, it depends on how he does. He doesn't have Jeff Fisher making him sit on the bench anymore. Josh McCown and company, Christian Hackenberg, this entire New York Jets group, I feel is going to go to one, then go to another, then go back to that one, then maybe go back to the other, then maybe figure it out, but probably don't. Jay Cutler and and company with the Miami Dolphins. This could be another issue if Jay Cutler doesn't perform. And Mike Glennon and, and company with Mitch Trubisky is another one in Chicago to watch. And Brian Hoyer and his company, Brian Hoyer, Matt Barkley, and the two rookies with San Francisco, which I think is the worst because I do not believe that the San Francisco 49ers have – a starting court, and I mean, just by by true fact, no one of their four deep at quarterback was a starting quarterback on purpose. This is not somebody who was injured and then put in. And this this is 
someone who was meant to be a starting quarterback last season. None of them. Two of them are rookies. Two of them were backups to Jay Cutler. And being a backup to Jay Cutler and not overtaking Jay Cutler without an injury says something to me because I think Jay Cutler is below average. So if you're below Jay Cutler, then you're the below the below average, in my opinion, of the way that things have gone. So I'm not saying Brian Hoyer can't do some good things. I'm saying that to me, San Francisco has the worst situation at quarterback at 32, Chicago at 31, Jay Cutler and company at 30, and the Jets at 29, which is probably being generous to the Jets. But as Mike said, be be smart on how you draft a quarterback. In my league, you get a team quarterback. So if you draft Blake Bortles and Chad Henney or Brandon Allen overtakes him, you have the Jaguars quarterback. You do not have to draft Chad Henney, Blake Bortles, and Brandon Allen. So in my league, you get a team quarterback. In my league, if Chicago decides Mitch Trubisky's the guy three weeks in and you have Mike Lennon, you have Mitch Trubisky. But in other leagues, if you draft a guy like Cody Kessler and they go to Deshaun Kaiser, you got to go run and get him. In my league, you don't have to do that, which is a perk of being in the wake of call fantasy football challenge. And with that being said, we're going to take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora inside of Fantasy Football Friday with myself, Dan Satora, and Mike Sofka. We'll take a fast break and we'll come back. We have given you our thoughts on ranking the quarterbacks, the tiers of quarterbacks, who the worst is, who the ones fighting for their job in the middle of the season will probably still be, the Dak Prescott conundrum, and so much more. And there is plenty. Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. Get more information. WakeUpCallDT.com. Go to the Fantasy Football tab. Click on Quarterback Rankings. You will get 1 through 32. A ton of information. 2016 numbers. Who's a rookie? Who's going to stand out? Who do I? Who am I concerned with? There is information in paragraphs under each and every single quarterback situation of all 32 teams on Wake Up Call dt.com fantasy football right under that so you go to the quarterback rankings and you can read it there we'll take a fast break and mike and i will come back to discuss what our running backs look like in rankings and if there really is a solid top 10 or if that becomes fluid this season 